I know sometimes you talk about tragedies or trials and then you use the adjective of beautiful and it doesn't really feel beautiful. But here's what I mean by that. What is beautiful is not only can we rely on Jesus Christ, but here's what's beautiful is when you can come to the family of God with a trial, with a prayer request, with a tragedy and have the family of God embrace you put their arm around you. You can cry on somebody's shoulder. Somebody could bring you a meal, check on you. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I'm thankful for the family of God. Amen. Next Wednesday's full church prayer at 7 p.m. We're going to have a great time. We always do on Wednesdays for full church prayer. And so that'll be, that's always the first Wednesday of each month. And so that'll be next week or next, uh, next Wednesday. And then before you leave, make sure that you just somehow embarrass Sister Sherry Condren. It's her birthday today. <laughs> Maybe that's all she needed. I did a good job. All right. All right. Chad, you said she wanted to sing a song or something, right? What? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. All right. He really didn't say that. but. Well, how many of you tonight are hungry right now? Raise your hand if you are hungry right now. Raise your hand up high if you are hungry right now. Are you hungry? All right. All right. Brother Keith brought snacks for everybody. No. All right. Oh, he didn't. Anyway, here's a fun question, okay? Here's my question for you. If you look at the slide on your screen or behind me, depending if you're here in person or watching online, all right, kids specifically, all right, <clears throat> how many of you know what's on this top corner? What is that? Pizza. All right. How many of you know what's on this top corner? How about this lower corner? And how about this lower corner? All right. Here's the question. If you could only eat one of these things, you have to give the other three up. And you can only eat one of these things for the rest of your life. I'm going to let you pray about it. If you could only eat one of these things for the rest of your life, I want to know which one it would be, okay? Adults, Youth, children, okay, all of us, right? Now, if, if you are choosing pizza and you are saying, I am fine, I can, I'm going to go with pizza for the rest of my life, I have to give the other three up, stand to your feet if you are choosing pizza for the rest of your life. Stay standing, stay standing. Stay standing. Everybody look around, everybody look around, Okay. Okay, everybody look around. This is the pizza family, okay? All right? Okay, so this is, these are the people that choose pizza. No, no, choose pizza. No, 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 I'm not doing toppings. You can choose whatever toppings you want. But pizza. You chose pizza, all right? So this is the group, okay? All right, you can sit down. Now, you can't stand twice. Remember that. You choose one. All right. How many of you are choosing chicken nuggets for the rest of your life?
I think, I think pizza beat chicken nuggets. All right, all right, you can be seated. All right. How many of you are choosing mac and cheese for the rest of your life? All right. So far, I think it goes pizza, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, based on what I'm seeing. Lastly, a hamburger. You're choosing to eat a hamburger for the rest of your life. All right. All right. So it comes down to one of those two. Let's, okay, so these are the two we're voting on, all right? So from what I can tell, pizza and hamburger are pretty close, and then chicken nuggets and mac and cheese, okay? So it's pretty close. So now we've eliminated two because they were on the bottom, okay? So there's no mac and cheese and no chicken nuggets. They took last. So now it comes down. Here's the tiebreaker. If you, now you can vote all new, one of two things. If you would choose pizza for the rest of your life, stand again. All right, you can be seated. If you would choose a hamburger, stand. All right, guys, I think that pizza, I think pizza edged it out. You know what would have been fun? If we had more time in the building, we could have been like, all right, whatever one wins, we're ordering Uber and takeout. And like, we just ordered like 60 pizzas and just went and downstairs and ate. And, and then, uh, you know who could order us the pizza? He's a professional. It's Chad. He is a professional pizza orderer. By the way, if you ever want to work in youth ministry and you don't eat pizza, that's a surefire way to know that's not your calling. <laughs> so tonight, for a little bit, I want to speak on this topic. Are you hungry? What do you do when you're hungry? Shout it out. What do you do when you're hungry? You eat, unless you're fasting, then you pray. For most people, the answer is simple. You guys are like, duh, you eat. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. If we don't eat food when we're hungry, I'm guessing it's because of one of two reasons. You ready for what those reasons are? I'm guessing, have your parents or guardians ever said this? They put food in front of you. You don't eat it, and they say, well, you must not be, you must not really be that hungry. Has anyone ever had your parents say something, and they give you food, you don't want to eat it, and they go, well, you must not be that hungry then. Anyone ever say that? All right, we got a couple people. The other reason why we might not eat and this one's a little more serious. Maybe your family is struggling and financially you can't afford to eat. How many of you know that there are hungry people in our world tonight 
And it, they, they can't just walk to a pantry and say, I'm hungry, I'm going to go make myself something. There are people in our world right now that are living on the streets and they don't know where their next meal is coming from. There might be some of you here tonight that go, I didn't eat dinner. Or maybe your family doesn't have as, as, a lot of resources and so you're kind of nervous and you're kind of hungry. And so really when someone doesn't eat, it's, it's not always a joke. Sometimes it's just, you must not be really that hungry and we're getting picky. Or it's that I can't afford to eat and so we don't have a lot of food in our house. The word hunger by definition means having a strong desire, craving, displaying the need for food. In reality, hunger though, hunger, how many of you know this? Hunger is not just food. We also crave physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual nourishment. Can you imagine yourself? Anybody ever looked in a mirror before? Are you afraid to raise your hand? It doesn't, you've all looked in mirrors. Don't be a bunch of liars tonight. You're like, I'm not vain. I did my hair in the dark. Uh, I was going to tell you, it looks like it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You're beautiful people. But we can go, okay, hey, I, 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 I look at myself physically, but I also imagine if I was to look in a, in a mirror and see the spiritual version of myself. Would that person be skinnier or more strong or weak? Or what would, that, what would that person look like? You can see your health in a physical, in a mirror, but, but spiritually, if you looked in a mirror, how healthy would you look? How healthy would you children look back there if you looked in a mirror? God's first blessing and command to humans was recorded in the Bible. And I need a children from children, I need a child from children's ministry that's willing to come up here in a microphone who can read and read some passages, read a passage for me. You want to try? All right, come on. I have more, there'll be more. Come on. Okay, you're going to read that right there. Genesis one twenty eight. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and faith, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the full fowl of the air, and over every lang. That move among them the oath. Awesome job. So we read this in our Dominion series that God said, multiply, replenish the earth, be, be fruitful, and you're going to have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. In physical hunger, we feel discomfort or weakness caused by a lack of food coupled with a desire to eat. In spiritual hunger, likewise, we crave food, but it's food of the spirit without which we cannot survive, okay? Jesus said this, I need two more readers. Come on. 
All right, which one of you guys? I just, uh, you both can come up here. I'm going to have another passage. It's fine. Come on. No, you're good. Come on up. Here we go. Read Luke 4, 4. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Yes. Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So we don't just live by bread. We live by the word of God. And scripture encourages us to taste and see spiritual food. See Psalm 34, 8. Can you read that one for me? There is... Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed in, is the man that trusteth him. In yes. Good job. So scripture tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. One ancient writer said this, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator made known through Jesus. In the beginning, humans were created to bring pleasure and glory to God. Everything was in perfect harmony until sin entered the world. And, and can a child here tell me what was the very first sin recorded in the Bible? Someone back there. What was the very first sin? What did they do? Hang on, don't tell me. Let me ask one of the younger ones over here. Felicity, what did, what did Adam and Eve do? Anyone going to bail her out? Who's, anybody got an answer? She knows? There we go. Yes. They ate the fruit that God told them to eat. And so now sin entered the world. But did you catch that? The very first sin of humanity came into the world through eating. Sometimes you need to fast. And that resulted in death and separation from God. Adam and Eve did not murder someone, steal, tell lies, commit adultery. They disobeyed God in his command about eating. And that decision has forever changed the course of human history. Then in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul expressed his anguish concerning enemies of the cross. And when he did, he looked at him and said, your God is your belly. Is anyone's God your belly? I hope not. Even though our belly it tends to be kind of strong and tells us what to do, I need someone else to come read for me. You want to come? All right, come on up. Who else is coming? I got two verses. I want something. I'm going to give everybody a chance. Two verses. I got one more verse. All right, I'm calling children's ministry right now. I got a whole bunch of children's ministry back there and nobody's volunteering. All right, here we go. Philippians 3, you're going to read verse 18 right here, starting right there with 4. For I have told you often. 
often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes that are money whose connect shows connect shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. You're doing such a good job. You know, every once in a while, somebody just shocks me with the way they, they read. And when I slide a podium down this far, I don't expect them to be as good of a reader. That was awesome. But listen to the next verse. He just read about their conduct, their enemies of the cross. They're headed for destruction. Verse 19 says, their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. You're going to be with people that brag about shameful things. And you know what? Sometimes you don't realize that until you get in the youth group and your friends start bragging to you about things that they're proud of, but honestly, they're just shameful. If the youth group is still like what my youth group was, I know you think that's a long time ago. But I was a youth leader, too, for a little bit. I used to order pizzas, too, okay? And I used to do lock-ins, but my wife married me and said, we better quit youth ministry because she hated lock-ins so bad. How many of you love lock-ins? <laughs> Pastors Chad's tell me I need to cut this off. I'm sorry. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Hey, you know, I did that to help you, though. When I said, how many people love lock-ins, you had some adults that raised their hand. You should be taking notes. <laughs> there seems to be a strong and direct correlation between eating and hunger. I'm a, you know, it's some of the, if I see some of the children talking, I'm going to have them read on purpose. I'm going to call them up by name. I'm going to have them... I'm going to look at a group that's talking, and I'm going to say, hey, could you come up here and read? Because they're, they're chatting a little too much. So now I got their attention. Hallelujah. Just as there's a cor correlation between eating and hunger, in between the eating and hunger, there's this thing called an appetite. How many of you have a good appetite? Kids are like, yeah. I'm like, how many can you can put down some food? We got kids like this, and adults are like, I ain't raising my hand. <laughs> I heard a joke once that said, I don't know what happened, but I, when I was younger, I would chow down, and my mom would go, that a boy, that a boy, good job. And then I get older, and I would chow down, and people were like, dear Lord, he's a pig. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Some, I used to get celebrated for eating a lot. <laughs> Do you know that the exact phrase, hunger for God, how many times would you say the phrase hunger for God appears in the Bible? Not a single time does hunger for God appear in the Bible. None. But do you know that Jesus said to his disciples, I need my next reader? Sister Daylene, you really raised your hand? Come on, let's go. 
I don't know if I'm more shocked about how great of a reader Luke was or that Sister Daylene's coming to the microphone right now. But this is awesome. Yes. Matthew 5, 6. Abigail, Angie, you guys better be recording is what you're doing. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, so they shall be filled. Yes. Now you better go and talk trash to the people in your Sunday school class and say, where are you guys at? He says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's going to happen if you hunger and thirst for righteousness? You shall what? You shall what? Be filled if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus clearly stated, you know, when he walked this earth, he, he said he hungered too. I need, I need my next reader. I think somebody from Sister Daylene's class should come up. I mean, she just led the way by reading. We don't have anybody in her class that is willing to read. No one? No one? Oh, my. All right. Well, I guess we'll go into the youth group. And Jude raised his hand. So come on, Jude. It's uh, it's shocking that the Dornbach boys aren't afraid to use their mouths. (laughs) Take after your mom. Um, Okay. John 4, 34. Okay. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment or my food comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Thank you. Jesus explains, my nourishment, which means my food. He says, my food, Jesus says, comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. His mission was to do God's will. His mission was, I want to do the work of God. He knew his purpose, and he pursued that purpose. He understood the difference between physical hunger and spiritual hunger. And at one point, he said, Daniel, come on, up here and read. You've been asking. Let's go. Let's do it, Daniel. John 6, 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whosoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Good job. Next time I'm having you read that from the floor. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you'll never be hungry again. Was he talking about physical hunger? Do you ever serve God and then you never want pizza again? No, no, no. He's talking about the spiritual hunger. And he says, you come to me, you're not going to be hungry again. I'm going to fill you. One day Jesus is going to come back for his church. And the people who have followed his plan for their salvation, who have remained faithful to them. Is anybody still faithful to Jesus? And when he comes back, he's going to take us to a place called heaven where there'll be something like a, like a huge supper. It's called a marriage supper of the lamb. And it's described in Revelation. I need another reader. Come on. (laughs) 
I just want you to know it's this guy's first year quizzing and his last quiz, he answered a question and got it right. Revelation 3.20. Look, I stand hey, up. Hey, look is exclamation. You got to put some emphasis. Yeah. Come on, get Look. Yeah. <laughs> I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. All right. Thank you. Jesus says... Jesus said, hey, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. If Jesus was knocking on your door, would you open it or leave him outside? Hopefully we would open it. He says, you know what? I want to come in. I want to share a meal with you. And no notice how he, he identifies us. He says we're his friends. Now, how many of you if a stranger walk up to you and said, I have a great meal prepared in my house. Would you like to come over and eat it with me? Would you go with them? All right, listen, adults, if there are children saying yes right now, let their parents or guardians know, okay? No, stranger danger. We don't walk into somebody's house. I don't care what, how, how, how great the candy is, how nice they seem. We don't ever go with strangers into their house and eat meals. But now, if one of your great friends, okay, if one of your great friends is here, and, and Charlotte says to Felicity, hey, my parents said you can come over and, and we're going to go to McDonald's and get chicken nuggets. Do you guys like chicken nuggets? All right. That's usually a safe bet. Now, you guys would be like, woo! And the little pretty dresses would be jumping, flowing all over the place. And sometimes matching dresses, I think. They would be, yeah. Because when we, we share a meal as friends, that's a, a normal part of life. Jesus is saying, I want to share a meal with you like a friend. But we don't do that with total strangers. Your parents would tell you, no, you don't do that. Jesus talked about how one day we will share that meal. And if you want Jesus to be your friend, then it's very important that you talk to him every day. How long would you be friends with somebody if every time you came to church, they just walked right by you? That wouldn't be a very, a very, very friendly relationship. So I don't want to say, Jesus, I hope one day you take me to heaven. I want to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want to eat with you as a friend. But for now, I don't want to talk to you. No. We want to be talking to Jesus. How can you be great friends with someone you never talked to? And Jesus, and I'm, I'm not going to be much longer here, so just stay tuned. Jesus told us clearly in the scripture, we will be filled if we are hungry. Did everyone see that passage? Jesus said, we will be filled if we're hungry. How are you spiritually filled? Scripture says he wants to fill us with his spirit. But there are a couple of ways you can leave tonight and not be filled. We just covered them when it came to real food with physical food. There are two ways. Remember, one of the things I said was when someone's hungry, they might be struggling financially. Maybe their family doesn't have a lot of money, and so there's not a lot of food in the house. 
And so they might be really hungry. But spiritually, you never have to worry about the price to pay for the meal. If you come to this altar tonight, the price has already been paid. You don't have to worry about that. Someone paid the price in full, and Jesus paid a price on the cross that said they never are going to have to pay their own price for a spiritual meal. I paid for it. So you can eliminate that one. The second one is, remember when your parent would say, well, if you don't eat that, you must not really be hungry. Do you know that some of the things that some of the things that you say you don't like to eat, if you were not given food for a week, you might, those Brussels sprouts and those green beans and carrots, all that stuff that you might say you don't like, all of a sudden that would be something that you really, really want to eat. You'd really want to eat it if you didn't have any food. So if you're not going to be filled tonight, it's one of two reasons. Does it have to do with a cost? Nope, Jesus already took care of that. So the only other way, the only reason that you leave tonight and are not filled is you're not hungry. You're not hungry. And that's for children, youth, and adults. Because if you've been eating good in the neighborhood for a while, and you've been eating that, you might say, I'm just not hungry enough yet. But just like if your parents were to remove food for a while, you would eat all kinds of stuff because of the hunger. Don't make Jesus go, hey, do I have to take you through some things? to have you turn to me. We want to be able to say, God, I'm hungry for you. You know, we used to sing a song. I'm, I'm desperate for you. But most of us, we're just singing the words on the screen. Because most people are not desperate for God. If we were desperate, Desperate for God. Not a single person would leave tonight. Oh, it's a midweek. It's a Wednesday night. We got school, work in the morning. It's been a long day. That does not matter. If you've ever been desperate in your, we don't want to view ourselves as desperate, but if you've ever been in a relationship where you were just desperate to hear that person's voice, you would do crazy things. When my wife and I dated, she worked as a phlebotomist and would be leaving for work at like four in the morning. I managed a restaurant and we closed at like midnight. And by the time I counted the drawers and get everything put away, it was like two in the morning. So one of us had to give, she'd have to wake up early to talk to me or I'd have to stay up a bit longer to talk to her. And we would do crazy stuff just to hear one another's voice. And I would do it all over again. Yeah, give me five, yeah, give me five, yeah. <laughs> Brother Foster leaves me hanging. Can I get a fist bump? Can I get anything? I mean, can I get a five? Nothing? No? Okay, thank you, thank you. Man, oh, man. 
this just got awkward. It's like the bro hug. That's why you got to announce the bro hug, like, while you're coming. Like, what's up, man? Like, you know, you know it's coming. Like, let's make it clear on the way in so we got no awkwardness. You guys got this? What's up, man? How's it going? Yeah, well, no, no, here, yeah, yeah, how's it going, bro? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do like this, yeah, yeah. Oh, we missed, oh, oh man, oh, I missed. Well, I was on a roll there. But here's the thing, when we're desperate, we do desperate things. So you might say, I've had a long day, it's work, it's school in the morning. At the end of the day, whether you come to an altar or not, it only points to whether or not you're hungry. Whether or not we take time to pray, it just depends on if you're hungry or not. If you want the Holy Ghost tonight, tonight, God said, it's a promise. He will fill you, and whoever's hungry will be filled. So there is no like what ifs or could, I don't know if now is the time. Is this the right time? Maybe I might get it. Maybe I won't. No, no. Put that out of your mind. It simply comes down to he paid the price. Your meal is there spiritually. If you're hungry, he will fill you. God will fill you with his spirit. And that's for every child, every youth, every adult. And so if you know, this is, this is what it's going to come down to, Psalm 63. Listen to what the psalmist said when he said, God, you're my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there's no water. I've seen in your sanctuary, gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. There, if you wanted scripture, there it is. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will, I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. You know, it almost sounds like a romantic thing, but it's this, this relationship that the psalmist is going, God, I think about you in the morning, at nighttime. I want you more than food. I want to be in your presence and so listen to this. Children, I got one more verse. Listen to this. It says, Luke eleven nine. it says, I say unto you, hear me, kids, right now. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Now hear this. If a son ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? How many of you would go to your dad? Jackson, if you went home and said, Dad, I want some bread, would your dad hand you a stone and say, there you go? <laughs> if so, we're going to report him. The next verse, Eliana, if you went and said, can I get a fish stick? Your mom says, I'm going to give you a snake instead. 
I don't think she'd do that. It kind of seems preposterous. Or if we go home and Ezra goes, Dad, man, I really want some scrambled eggs. Can I get some eggs tonight before bed? Pastor Gavin says, I'm going to give you a scorpion instead. I mean, those are things that could potentially kill someone. And there's a reason he's writing this. He's going, then he says, think about it. It was purposely meant to be just so ironic. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to anybody who asks for it? I'm going to have you stand to your feet tonight. And here's the thing. Jesus Christ is here. He died on a cross for your sins and paid the price. If you are hungry for him spiritually, you know what hunger pangs feel like physically. You get that gnawing in your stomach and you're like, oh, I just want to eat. I'm so hungry. And if you got that spiritually, children, youth, adults, if there's something in you that's going, you know what? I've ate a lot of times before, but I don't want yesterday's meal to sustain me spiritually today. I want another meal. I want another time with Jesus. I want to be hungry and thirsty for God. Then if you're truly hungry, nothing will keep you from this altar tonight. If you've never been filled with his spirit, how much does he want to fill you if you just ask him? And so I invite all of the hungry people spiritually to find a place to pray at this altar. And if you want something, I'm telling you, he says, I'm going to fill you if you're hungry. I'm going to put my spirit inside you if you simply ask me. So this is just a this is just a reflection on how hungry we really are. How much of Jesus do we really want tonight? Because he's willing right now. He's willing to fill you with his spirit. He's willing to make sure that you know, hey, I'm here. You don't have to hunger and thirst again. I'm all you need. How hungry are you tonight? How hungry are you tonight?